This is Purple Radio On Demand. This is Pub Talk, another episode. Um, hello to Arch. This is Archie Osgen, uh, our Scottish expert, Mathieu Ryan, our French footballing wizard, and Charlie Dunn, the Spanish savant. Um, thank you all for joining me um, and looking forward to uh, to our topic of conversation for this week, which is inspired by the Set Piece Menu podcast. Thank you, guys. Um, talking about what um, a theoretical European Super League would look like. Um, we've gone for a 20-league team here, or we're going to at least try. Um but it'd be really interesting to see what everyone else's opinions are. Um, we've left the field pretty open, um, just w- w- the sort of criteria based on stadia, fan um, fan engagement, history, of course, current success, um, and club stature in general. Um, and I guess without much further ado, we may as well get cracking. I guess we, we discussed off air that um, the, the best thing to do is to go for non-negotiables non-negotiables perhaps by country um in mine i don't think you can go any further than saying that barca and real have to be in the super league yeah i would agree with that is everyone is everyone happy with that yeah yeah does anyone see does anyone see uh any other non-negotiables from spain other than the two Madrids and Barca. Are you saying both Madrids? So I've got both Madrids down. Yeah, I've got both Madrids down as well. Yeah. So I've got, obviously, Real Barca for the obvious facts of, I mean, Madrid just love the Champions League. Barcelona do, and they've obviously had other successes, like the four UEFA Cup Winners Cups, etc. But Atletico, I think domestically, they've done very well, given the, you know, cali- uh, the, the calibre of, particularly Real Madrid and Barca, with 10 league titles. They've also won the Copa del Rey 10 times. And more and more recently, particularly in the last five or six years under Simeone, we've seen they've become a real force in European football. So I think it would be a a massive oversight to not include them in the league. Yeah, we're talking about Champions League finalists, Europa League winners, all of this in the last decade. So I I think they deserve a spot. And to, to add on to, to what Mathieu and Charlie have said, of course, they've just moved, moved into a state-of-the-art stadium in the uh, Metropolitano. And I think that's the kind of stadium, stadium you'd want in, in this competition, which is, is going to be the absolute pinnacle. Yeah, I, agree. I guess that, that's an unrefutable argument. And then I, I guess Atletico is our third team into the pot. I mean, obviously, this will, we can all change this up as it goes along, but it does seem that those three teams are... The what are, are the shoe-ins? Um, should we um should we flip off to Germany? I guess Germany's probably the easiest one to then, to then get onto. Um, anyone have any objections for me saying that Bayern and Dortmund should be shoe-ins? No, no objections at all. Uh, I agree. Does anyone think? Does anyone think that there should be anyone else? I think the issue is that that's the that's the derby. That's the that's the 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 the, ba- the big game, and it's the two biggest clubs by some distance. I've got a third club down, but it's not a non-negotiable. Who do you put? Schalke. I put Leipzig down as my third club. Oh. Oh. Um, that's the unpopular one. <laughs> because I think I think this is going to become clear as we move on to England as well. I think that that history is important, obviously, but I think that um, 
it, it shouldn't have too much of an importance. We should be looking at the last five, ten years. We should be looking at the present, um, the kind of players they have, the kind of structure the club has. And, and really, whether a club is 10 years old or 50 years old doesn't make a huge difference as to whether in the next 15 years they're going to make a good participant of the Super League or not. And Leipzig do have a good fan base. They do have a good stadium. They've got some great players. They've got a stable finance. I don't see why they should be punished by the fact that they're only you know, a decade old. It's not, it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I don't think that it's necessarily that important. I think the nature of condensing this competition to 20 teams means that there are going to be some very good clubs that miss out. Um, and, of, of course, what you're saying is, is absolutely true. You can't, you, you can't admit them purely because they're a new club. Um, of course, a lot of fans in Germany would um, be very disappointed by their inclusion for, for numerous reasons, which we probably don't have time to, to go into. But I just think, as we'll discuss later on, that there are other clubs in Europe with, with stronger credentials to, to be included. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, this is this is if I were to put a third German team down. And yeah. it's not a non-negotiable for me. Like, I think that will probably need to be debated later. I, I haven't put them in the same bucket as like Bayern Munich and Dortmund. Yeah. But the one thing possibly that counts against them due to there being, there being a new club is that they don't have the same established rivalries. And I think if, if I went around and, and asked all of you um, which which match do you look for uh, when the fixtures are released every season I mean Matthew you're a Lyon fan I imagine would it be Southampton first and then Marseille yeah. and then I imagine uh, Charlie and, and Gabe it would be Spurs and Arsenal respectively mm-hmm. exactly that's what you want in this competition and, and that's kind of the theme that I've gone for I think you want the the derby matches. Those are the, the games that create the most excitement, especially externally. Um, so I I think possibly that counts against them. And of course, um, because of of Dortmund and and Bayern's success over the years, they have uh, traditionally been pitted as, as kind of more natural rivals. And and I think that that having that rivalry would certainly be an asset to the competition. Yeah, I. I... Yeah, I, I, I agree in the rivalry category. I think Leipzig are just a bit too early for a twenty twenty European Super League. Insofar as they are they do have the credentials to have a very, very strong um sort of next ten, fifteen, twenty years, um or even further. But at the moment they've only ever won sort of a third division title. Um and I think they won they might have won the second division title or they came came second, but they haven't won a, a Bundesliga haven't won any European trophies, and they, yeah, and yeah, they probably will in the future. But in terms of fan base and all the other things, I think they're just a bit early. But I, I, I see the merit in potentially including them as a, as a third uh, German team. I mean, historically, you'd look towards the likes of um, FC Kern um, and Leverkusen maybe as well, but or, or Gladbach. But I don't think any of those will touch will touch our our, our, super, our super league. So we have. The first five teams sorted in in three from Spain, two from Germany. Um, oh, should we go to should we go to France? Um, so, I'm saying oh, it's be fun. I'm saying the non-negotiable is PSG. Yeah, I would agree with that on the non-negotiable. Yeah, yeah 
I agree. And I think to, since we've just been talking about Leipzig, I think it's it's relevant to to raise the potential objection that some people would have um, to, to PSG's inclusion, namely the fact that they're essentially owned by a state. Um, but unlike Manchester City, as I'm sure we'll touch on later, they actually did have a, a pretty good level of success before the the influx of of, um, of funds. I mean, if you, if you think back to the the nineties, they were regular a regular fixture in the latter stage of the Champions League, and they attracted some top players like Ronaldinho and, and George Weah. So it, it wasn't as if like Man City, they were playing in the threat, uh, in in the third tier of French football, and, and then suddenly got propelled to. The, the top table they have actually been a, a pretty good side for a number of years yeah um i think yeah psg psg are the, the irrefutable french one should we go around and well, how many how many french teams have you gone for i've gone for two i've gone for three so all right so Mathieu, how many have you gone for i've got i've gone for two as well and danny have you gone for two Um, and and Archie. Yeah, I've got PSG and one other. <sighs> okay. Um, who 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 wants to take a stab with this one? I can I can I, can I start by laying the groundwork? On yeah, me? go on. Go for it. <laughs> so I assume everyone's either got Leon or Marseille down as their second. Um, maybe Monaco has got a shout there, but their stadium no. and everything else means that not really. Okay. I don't know if I should start by saying why Lyon should be in this or why Marseille shouldn't. But I'm going to start with Marseille, actually, because I want to, like, throw some bubble on some myths about Marseille as, um, as a foreign, from a foreign perspective. Um, very big club, yes. They won the Champions League in, in 1993, which is the only French club to have won the Champions League. Um, but that was, admittedly, a long time ago, not in our lifetimes. Let's look at maybe the last 10 years for Marseille. So, the last time they were in the Champions League, first and foremost, the last time they qualified for it was in 2013. Now, we're talking about in a French league where there are three teams that go there. They haven't managed to qualify since 2013. What did they do in the 2013 Champions League campaign? They got zero points in the group stages. Yes, that is six games, six defeats. Now, they got a Europa League final recently. And despite that, over the last five seasons, they are the 53rd best team on the Europe, like on the UEFA coefficient. So with the Europa League final, they're 53rd. They've got one of the worst finances in Europe. They're currently under financial fair play investigation. And therefore, why are Marseille a better candidate than Monaco, apart from a very big stadium and a big fan base? And why would they be a better candidate than Lyon, who have a stadium that's a similar size and a similar fan base? I'm ready to listen. <laughs> Well, I, I think that that was a, a very compelling and possible case from Mathieu. Um, I, I, I think, of course, you can't give too much weight to to the fact that Marseille won the Champions League uh, such a long time ago. But, of course, they do have probably a more successful European history can than I, Lyon as a result of again, sorry. Lyon are the most successful French club in Europe in terms of points collected, matches won in the history of European football. But, but Mathieu... Would you? Am I right in saying that you would trade all of those points for a Champions League trophy? Yes, I would, but I wouldn't trade it for a trophy that was um, nearly 30 years ago. In the sense that we're talking about a club that, okay, we reached the semi-final recently. Of course, I'd love a win, but in that case, that's saying that would you trade Arsenal's European history for Nottingham Forest's? Would you? 
Yeah. Mm, but I don't know about that. Is that relevant to 2020? But it's at what cost? But it's at what cost, isn't it? So as an Arsenal fan, I feel like yeah. I can jump in here. So I would compare it. So I would obviously take Nottingham Forest European history on account of the fact that they've won a European Cup and we haven't won a European Cup or a Champions League. But if that comes at the cost of the domestic titles, the 13 like, league titles that we've won, the record 13 FA Cups that we've won, uh, the you know UEFA Cup Winners' Cup, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, transfer that. That'd be a bad deal, in my opinion, as an okay. Arsenal fan. I completely understand that point of view, Danny. But in this case, it doesn't come at the cost of that because if, I mean, it's it's hard to say when when you talk about how big a club is, there are various measures, but the main ones tend to be the success of the club and the, the size of the fan base. And in in every possible measurement, Marseille's Grand Lyon, they are, along with PSG, the uh, the only side to enjoy a, na- a truly nationwide support in France. They're the, obviously the only French side to have won the European Cup. They've won more French titles than Lyon, more Coupe de France than Lyon, more Coupe de Ligue than Lyon. They even had a Ballon d'Or winner at, at the club um, when he actually won the award. So I think also you've got to consider the, the fact that um, with um, with PSG, Marseille have a rivalry, um, Le Plessis, which uh, Lyon don't have. And that, again, adds a lot more to the competition. But I think that we'd have, therefore, have a serious think about what our criteria are. Because if we were talking about Marseille's successes and these were things that happened in the last 10, 15 years, then great. But all the things that you've listed there, apart from one group of France in the early, dec- early years of this decade, uh, and the league in 2009, all these things were a long, long time ago. And you're talking about Lyon, who have been in the last 16 of the Champions League twice in a row, could go further this year if it finishes, have been qualified for European Cups 24 seasons in a row, and have, like, the best finances in France bar PSG, have a brilliant academy, and have a fan base all through France. That is unfair to say that they don't. Um, but I know that Marseille are a huge club, I'm not denying that. But I, I think that apart from their heritage, there is nothing that points to them being in the Super League, in the top 20 leagues, teams in Europe for me. Okay, and, but and regardless of Lyon or no Lyon, Marseille should not be in there, in my opinion. Okay, well, I think if you say Marseille shouldn't be in there, I don't think Lyon's case is, is that outstanding compared to this. I mean, you, you talk about a lack of trophies in the last decade. Uh, Lyon's last league title came in, in 2008. The last um, cup win was in, or the, um, in 2012. Uh, and haven't won the Coupe de la Ligue since 2001, their only success in the competition. So it, it's hardly as if the last decade has been trophy But, but I, I, what I'm saying is I don't think the trophy should be that important. I don't think if you look at Dortmund's trophy cabinet, it's that great, as in in the last 10 years. As in what I'm saying is that his performance in Europe over the last 10 years should be a real big factor. Well, so that's why Atletico Madrid's in it, isn't it? Like yeah. one of the big points. For example... Atletico Madrid, you know, their, their their trophy cabinet in the last ten years is pretty meek, but you know they've been a, of course they've been a bigger force than Leon, but you know for me Leon have been a pretty big force in European <laughs> football in the last twenty years. No, of, of course you you've got to take that in, into consideration. I think you have you have to think about all of the different aspects that, that clubs are, are going to bring. And look, let, let's make no bones about it. Either Leon or Marseille would bring. Um, a, a tremendous amount of, of colour to the competition. They are fantastic 
clubs, huge fan bases, um, and th- there's no doubt that either of them would would make a positive contribution. I think this just underlines the fact that it's so hard to narrow it down to 20 clubs because we are blessed with a litany of fantastic clubs in Europe. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I'm sorry for not stopping, uh, stopping you guys and and jumping in and saying, Mathieu, I'm on your side. I also want Leon in there. Um, my my the reason why I wasn't so vocal was perhaps because my one reason is because I looked at it and it's unfortunately undeniable that despite the fact that in my in my childhood memory what I remember is the amazing feat of Lyon with those all those tri- uh, title wins in a row um, and and sort of Lyon being the sexy club of France for so long um, my Marseille outstripped them as Archie said in every in every sentence with 10 10 Coupe de France's and 10 league titles and two doubles in 72 and 89 and Champions League in, in 93 my one issue is the 92-93 league and that's what swung it for me towards Lyon and that's because obviously Marseille won it but were stripped of it because of a bribery scandal and there's strong indications that the 1993 Champions League title was also let's say slightly monetized um so for me, on a on a, on a on a fair level, I'm not keen on Marseille, and I actually prefer Lyon's new stadium. So I also say Lyon in the pro in, in the in the sense of because we have such polarizing decisions. Let's park the Lyon Marseille thing, and and if we need an, a twentieth team, perhaps we'll go there. Um, but at the moment, I think PSG might just be the one team that so far are the cert in the oh, league. Come on, game. I think that that's a, a bit hard to punish the current club, but. For allegations that weren't proved over oh, nearly 30 years ago. I don't know. It just is a sort of just ground grind with grinds with me a bit. I just you're also, you're also punishing a current club in Lyon for Mar- for Marseille winning a Champions League 30 years ago. You're not. Know, Marseille's you know, done nothing in the last 10 years. No, but Maddie, I, I want to be clear. I don't, <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm just, I'm joking. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So we've got six teams. It's a good start, half an hour in. Um, and uh, we. Oh, I think this is going to be really controversial. Let's flip over to England. Um, so I am pretty sure that the three, two, three teams that I've picked are not the three teams that other people have picked. But I presume that everyone will have Liverpool in there. Yeah. So Liverpool is the cert. Liverpool is the one team. And that's just because, unfortunately... Sorry, Manchester, but you know it's the Shankly Paisley era. It's the current successes. It's the Champions League title wins, the six Champions Leagues. It's the I mean they haven't won a Premier League in thirty years, but they have so much history littered in amongst the modern history that's not necessarily domestic title winning um, that they deserve to be in there. And plus, I mean, barring this pandemic, they would have um, they would be uh, well and well and truly having broken the title drought. Um, anyone want to propose a second team? United, Manchester. I would go for I would go for United as well. I've also got Manchester United down, yes, as a non-negotiable. Yeah. Archie? Those are my two non-negotiables. Well, you know what? I've actually got an out-of-the-box suggestion. Why not completely ban English clubs like they were from the late 80s <laughs> and then all the top talent comes up to Scotland and we get a fantastic league. <laughs> <laughs> This is this is a chance to to uh, re, uh, to to get back to the glory days of Scottish football. Oh no, I I, I mean, 
Sorry, but... <laughs> no, I, I completely agree with Manchester United. Good. I think absolute non-negotiable. Three-time champion of Europe. 20-time um, champion of England. But I think more importantly than that, they're, they're one of the biggest clubs in the world. Instantly wrecking. They're the biggest club in the world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously they're, like, they're the most supported club in the world. They've got a rough 650 million worldwide fans. I mean, no yeah. other team touches that. And... Okay, but... Obviously, that's only one parameter. The other clubs are, are bigger, maybe in in other respects. But of course, Manchester United have to be in there. Um, yeah. Because of size and success. In in every in every way, in both the stadium success uh, and club um, fan uh, sort of fan support and then also even in terms of inner league rivalry we'll have you know united barca you have united bayern you have united liverpool already united psg is a, is will probably be quite a modern rivalry after the kimpembe handball um of a few seasons ago um so it's a uh, yeah yeah maybe but still united are a cert for me um now geography is important as well um and we've got two clubs in the north and it would be remiss of us, considering the absolute glut of London-based clubs, to not have a club from the capital city, I think. I've got two. I've only got one. I've gone for one. Um, I, I've gone for one, one that I'd consider a non-negotiable. Archie, who's your non-negotiable? So I think my, my non-negotiable, and this is really in light of what Matthew is saying about recent success being so important um, and with that in mind I've gone for, for Chelsea who along with Liverpool have been the most successful British side in Europe uh, in the 21st century um, having won obviously that famous Champions League victory in 2012 um, and, and they followed that up with two Europa League victories um, and coupled with that they, they've won countless um, domestic trophies as well and um, so I think yeah, they've, they've got to be in there or thereabouts. Uh, Chelsea is one of my teams, but it's not my non-negotiable as my third one. So it'll be interesting to see what you guys well, think. Why is it not non-negotiable for you, yeah. Because, wait, I think we should keep talking about Chelsea, but my not, my other non-negotiable team is... Chelsea's my fourth team, and I'm, yeah. not, like, uh, I'm not set on it. But what do you guys think about Chelsea? And then we'll talk about um, I mean, for me, I've gone for well, Chelsea. Chelsea there as well. um, I think Chelsea should be... I mean, there's... There's so much in favour of having Chelsea in it, um, insofar as their modern history, as Archie says, in the past 20 years, um, there's an argument to be had that they have been the best team in England. Um, yeah. I'm happy to put Chelsea in. They, they are written down my um, But with that in mind, I don't think we should have a fourth English team, just because in terms of the optics, I think we might seem in our in our heads that perhaps it's worth that uh, because we're all English or whatever, living in England we should have four English teams can I in that case can I can I butt in and I think I'm going to get attacked here but yeah. for me Manchester City have got to be a non-negotiable here because mm. for the same reasons that I you know I think there is a, a difference in philosophy here where you know I was defending Leipzig as a potential argument and of course they're a recent team and stuff but if you're talking about making a super league, you're talking about bringing the twentieth, the twenty biggest clubs, but also you are also trying to think about the twenty best clubs, and you undermine the super league massively if you don't put in a team like Manchester City, who have got the record of points in any Premier League in the history, who okay in the Champions League recently, 
have not done as well as they should have done, but you know, they've been super unlucky, like against Tottenham last year, which was a crazy match. How can we not put Man City in a league that reunites the best 20 teams in Europe? For me, they have to be there. I don't like them very much. I agree that they don't have much history, but I mean, for me, they, they, they just have their spot there and it would undermine it all to not put them in. Yeah. Oh, it's hard. I mean, I, it's a very it's a very fair argument. Um, my one concern is, I mean, it's, it's, it's just in terms of if you look past... I mean, two, in 2001, City were in the um, in, in League One. Um, and yes, from 2008 onwards, they've been the major force in British football, one of the major forces in British football. But even in that time, they've won titles, but they might not have... I mean, they've, they've not won any European trophies. Um, they've been unbelievably strong domestically. Don't get me wrong, but that has also been enlarged in part because of the massive cash influx that they've had. Their ground is <clears throat> is okay. Um, their fan base is okay. They're not they're not considered to be. I mean, United would probably consider in this sort of environment would probably consider a Liverpool being a being a. I mean, definitely before City became big in the past ten years, United's major rivals were Liverpool. Um, and that speaks volumes as to the size of Man City pre-investment. Um, it's very difficult because I think <coughs> if if this were to actually become a reality, there's no doubt that that money talks and Manchester United would be there. I think Man City. it depends. It depends right. the criteria that you go for. If if you're looking at it from a certainly from a historical point of view, arguably from a purist point of view, I think there are other clubs that are def- definitely steeped in more history than, than Manchester City um, and I think the, the argument against them is that if for, for whatever reason the investment were to be withdrawn, where would that leave them? Yeah. yeah. Well they're not even eligible to be in Europe are they? They're cheap. Yeah, that, that's, cheap. that's another very good point. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I, I just think I agree with all of the arguments being made, like City obviously in recent history have been phenomenal and arguably unmatched until the recent, well, two seasons with Liverpool running close last year and then obviously blowing them out of the water this year. Um, but I think you've got to look at the financial fair play aspect. And if they're breaking, they've broken the rules and proved they've broken the rules to the extent whereby they're not even eligible for the next Champions League. I think you've got to look at that and think it's all good and well being the best, but if you play by your own rules and you don't adhere to the rules of anything, it's it's pointless because at that point it is just who's got more money, which is not what football should be yeah. about. And and that's that's the danger. You don't want this of a competition where you you kind of buy your seat at the table. They also have. No, I just also think the the generous use of an okay fan base <laughs> was uh, something I'd like to pick up on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm an Arsenal fan. So I know a lot about okay fan bases and okay atmosphere. I mean, Arsenal, Arsenal have actually a, have a shout in this, although I'm so glad that no one has brought I've them up. Well, 
I I think the Arsenal argument is quite similar to the Spurs argument insofar as the infrastructure is there. No, only in, only insofar as um um like Spurs have a lot of classical history. Um, maybe uh, I mean Arsenal do outweigh them significantly on modern history. Um, but I mean I don't think the reason why I haven't mentioned Spurs is because I just even though the stadium like the fan base is big and and all these sorts of things I don't think um I don't think they and and the classical history is enormous um I don't think they make um they make they make the cut even even with the you know European titles and so on um well, I'd also like to say in Arsenal's defense they were supposedly included in the hypothetical 11 non-negotiable teams in this official uh, European Super League, which I think speaks volumes as to the highest team are held by the powers that be yeah. in the Antas. I think, with regards to Arsenal, though, I think it's just it's just one of those things where if we'd had this conversation five years ago, then yes, um, you know, without a shadow of a doubt. But I just think that Arsenal, in the recent history, they're just in the wrong sadly, direction. Sadly, it just has just dropped off. And, and I think it's hard to put them in, in, a, in a top four or top three in the English teams that should be going there. Oh, uh, they're not in my top three. They're not. They're not. They're not either in my. And you know, and I, and I, I have big affinity for Arsenal. And but for me, it's just it's just tough to, to, to put them in there. And that's the big problem about the Premier League is that there are so many teams that could deserve to be there. But, yeah. You know, if I've got to go Chelsea or Arsenal, well, I mean, it's sadly Chelsea. I think Chelsea is the is the one. Uh, I, I, I do. See, I see what you're saying, Matthew, about having to take the last five years into account. But at the same time, we're thinking about the the 20 teams who are who are going to be able to sustain a high level of performance for the next kind of number of decades. So you do have to think about clubs who have been historically successful over prolonged periods of time. And whose finances are in okay order? Yeah, and, compared and, to a lot of these clubs. And also, you, yeah. you've got to recognise with Arsenal that they are one of the most followed clubs in the world. It's an absolutely massive uh, football club worldwide. Thank you, Archie. I agree. No, mm. I, I also agree. And you know, and I think Arsenal definitely have their, their space in this conversation. Like Tottenham, kind of have their space in this conversation, but I don't, not <laughs> I don't think. Not I don't think the problem with Tottenham is they've got they've gotten close. Obviously in the in the Champions League and in the Premier League, but even Arsenal, despite their torrid last five ten years, we have still won a number of FA Cups. So we have no, at least no, won stuff compared to because no one like not in a bad way. No one remembers second place. I completely I completely agree. I don't think Arsenal have definitely got more of a shot than top. But I but. agree they definitely come behind. In my opinion, United, Liverpool, and Chelsea. In that, yeah, that, that's a big. This is going to be a theme throughout this conversation that, that there are so many teams that would be on the cusp of making it, but the, the standard is, is so high. Yeah. yeah. So we have the three teams of Liverpool, United, Chelsea. I mean, I value Matthias' point about City enormously. Um, I guess that can also be kind of part shell, just because, I mean, I think, yeah, in a, in a real in a real world, yeah. But I'm thinking in, in terms of our criteria that we might be looking heading more towards in terms of the fan base honours and so on um, perhaps they are it's just a bit too soon again Leipzig sort of similar to Leipzig um, we should we should probably get a few get through a few um, non-negotiables um, in ra- around the leagues so um, before we go before we go to Italy um, 
So Ajax. Benfica from Portugal. I've got two Portuguese teams. Yeah, yeah. Benfica and Porto on there. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. Right. Matthew. Have you all yeah. gone for Benfica and Porto? Yeah. yeah. Can I can I can I come in with something here? And yeah, of no, course. I'm not. I don't want to be really annoying with Leon, but and I mentioned it when we're talking about Leon, but we haven't talked about it with other clubs as well. I think something that's really important in this kind of league is also the academy and the youth products that can come out. Because mm. I think it's part of the excitement of having these teams then play on the biggest stage. So like Ajax last year, um, you know, we dis- discovered some players on the higher stage thanks to their extraordinary academy. And that's something that also then therefore commits to, you know, being able to sustain this in the next 10, 20 years, which Archie mentioned. Mm. And, like, I, and, and I think maybe we don't talk about it enough in the conversations we're having about these teams. You know, for example, Leipzig, going against my point, and maybe Leipzig don't have that. And Ajax... One of the things that makes Ajax so great as a club and therefore a non-negotiable is this academy that they have and this ability to, you know, in the Super League, you know, people in the Champions League last year would want to start watching Ajax because of people like De Ligt and De Jong and people like that because of homegrown talents who, on the biggest stage, um, can play for their club and do such amazing things. And I think that's really important for Ajax. Mm. We don't yeah, enough. And I think that's a fantastic point, actually, because in the existing system, Ajax are... They're almost a victim of their own success, really, because as soon as their their youth players progress to the first team and and succeed uh, in the in the continental competitions, they then well, obviously that's a sharp window. So they then lose all of their, their talent and they almost have to go back to the drawing board. Whereas in in this Super League, which would be ring fence, they've got a far better chance of retaining their their players for significantly longer and would benefit immensely as a result of it. And and the clubs who you know, the likes of Chelsea, who maybe have traditionally um, relied on, on big money transfers to to um, gain success, they would perhaps be forced to, to go down a, a different route. I think that's harsh given Chelsea's recent, well, enforced policy under yeah, but, Lampard. Yeah, but, but, I, I agree historically, but I think Charlie, even at the moment, I think that's yeah, harsh. No, Charlie, that, that's, obviously, that's obviously true that this season they've, they've been forced to go down that route. But that, that's not really the point I'm making. The point I'm making is, is that that's possibly the route that the biggest clubs will all be forced to go down in, in this new competition because they won't be able to prize away players from the likes of Ajax or Benfica as easily as they previously had. No, been. completely. But at that point, then, then it, at, at that point, then the academy should be one of the biggest considerations when going into it. I think if you look at a lot of our teams, although they've all got lovely state-of-the-art facilities, if you look at the actual production of world-class talent you only I mean you've got Lamasaya really and you've and got Ajax should probably be up there <laughs> but other than that there's no real there's not many teams that, that actually are producing regularly world-class talent from their academy the majority of every single top tier team is important yeah no but I think again Chelsea's a good example because obviously this season they've been forced to go down that route and They've had um, great rewards as, as a result of it, but I, I think it goes to show. In previous years, they've, they've obviously had all of this talent stockpiled in their academy, but they've never really given it the chance to flourish. And of, of course, it's it's all right succeeding in an academy team, but playing youth team football, I think everyone would agree, uh, is no um, replica for for first team men's football. 
Um, so I think the fact that they've had to blood these youngsters has obviously given them exposure to first team football, um, giving them lots of experience, and as a result of that, they've they've really flourished. Uh, so I think it's exciting to think of, of the prospect of these bigger clubs actually having to play more youth. Yeah. Should yeah. we have so, and Benfica, or are we just sticking yeah. with It's got to be I, both. I, I, I don't think you can have one without the other, really. I think, I, agree. I think it's hard. Um, uh, I mean, I don't think Sporting Lisbon come into the equation. Um, I think Benfica and Porto are huge, both in their own right. I think I just slightly worry that when we get down to the last few, whether one of those Portuguese teams might have to get muscled out. Because in a way, we haven't really considered PSV Eindhoven or um, Feyenoord or one of those. Well, we can, you know, we can move straight to Scotland now. We can move to Scotland now because I will say that I think there should be one team and that team is Rangers. Um, and the reason being is because Rangers have more honours. They've won more, they've won more Scottish titles um, than Celtic and that the optics do look incre- incredibly impressive now for Celtic. But the 90s, Rangers were in, were as enormous, if not bigger than <clears throat> bigger than Celtic. Um, and whilst you do have um, Celtic being the Lisbon Lions and being the first Scottish team to win a European tro- uh, a, a trophy, Rangers went and, and did it. Rangers and went and did it in the uh, in in Europe anyway. Um, some years later, so, and, and to greater effect. So Rangers are my Scottish team. Celtic Park isn't even a Europe uh, a UEFA coefficient uh, qualified stadium. The only two teams, the only two clubs in in Scotland that have uh, UEFA coefficient stadiums are Queens Park and Rangers. Um, right, Gabe. <laughs> I, I've got, genuinely, I've got a, a question to ask. How can you say that Rangers outdid Celtic in Europe? Gen- genuinely interesting. Um, so I need the, I need the stats in front of me, but um, they've won more. UEFA, they've won more UEFA Cups than Celtic, um, and that's that's an that's honours. Um, they've had more UEFA tournaments, uh, UEFA, UEFA more UEFA matches at uh, at at, at um, Ibrox than they, than they have been at Celtic Park. Um, and wait, 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 what you're saying is, well, they've they've not won more trophies than Celtic. That's actually incorrect. They've, they've won one European Cup Winners' Cup to Celtic's uh, European Cup. And I Which think is not the same. 
you would you would uh, most people correct me if I'm wrong, but most people would say that the European Cup um, carries a lot more weight. And you can send the fishing emoji to the chat all you want, but if you're going to make incorrect statements, I'm going to call you up on this. No, it's okay. I I so this <laughs> um, I agree that so uh, in in honesty, um, I I was just interested to see how how much you defend it. No, I do think Celtic need to be in there, um, but. Um, I, I my issue is that I do think Rangers have a very strong right, no, right. argument it, to be heard in there. I think both teams should be in. There's no reason both should be in. The biggest I think in it's no secret to you that I don't know much about Scottish football. <laughs> I do have I do have an issue with having two Scottish teams. So do I. I don't oh, think two Scottish teams right. should be in there. No, genuinely, I think I think there there is an issue with that. Right, Matthew, listen to this. When Celtic reached the 2003. UEFA Cup final in Sevilla against Jose Mourinho's Porto. They took an estimated 100,000 fans to, to the game. Obviously, only a, a fraction of those could actually enter the stadium, but about 100,000 of them travelled just to be in the city. And when Rangers uh, went to Manchester to face Zenit St. Petersburg in the 2008 final, they took 200,000 supporters down to Manchester for the game. But Archie, Archie, I mean, I agree with you. It's a great fan base, but then you know you've got people who stand on the roofs at Red Star Belgrade and like Fenerbahce and Galatasaray. Not two hundred thousand of them. No, but I know that Archie. But I mean, a stat about how many fans travelled to a game in two thousand and three doesn't seem that important when you're looking at twenty twenty. Let's make the twenty biggest clubs in Europe be in a league, okay, and you're putting okay, okay. Um, no, Matthew, I, I think club. that's a completely valid point. But what I'm saying is that the same numbers would, would still travel to this day. They're huge. Celtic is still in the top 10 average attendances in, in Europe. No, I think Matthew's problem is the quality of football. I'm, I'm, arguing, I'm arguing that I no. agree that they are huge clubs. Yeah. And I agree. Because they're not very good at football. I, I, I agree. Exactly. And I, we, we talked about a big issue about the Super League is that yeah. it, will, it would break up rivalries and it would be a shame. And we agree that the Super League by principle mm. is therefore quite rubbish. But then if we agree that it's a fact... I think to put, to put Celtic and Rangers in, like yeah. as many clubs as Portugal and France and like, um, you know, like we haven't talked about Italy yet, but as many clubs as maybe Germany, to me it just seems a bit ludicrous. And maybe, you know, when Gabriel said that we're kind of England biased because we're all living here and stuff. I mean, if you went and spoke, spoke to a Serbian and say, yeah, we're making the yeah. Super League and we put two Scottish clubs in, they would look at you um, as if you were an alien. Like, all right, all right I'm, I'm going to reel off a list of names. These, these are all teams that Celtic have beaten in recent years at Celtic Park. Juventus, Porto, Liverpool, Valencia, Stuttgart, Lyon, believe it or not. Barcelona, you know, I, I agree with you. Manchester United, United Benfica, I think they should be Benfica, one of those clubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One should be in, and it, and it should be Celtic. I think, okay. and I've got Celtic down. I'm just, yeah, I've just to say that putting both in there, yeah. for me, seems a bit yeah, Both in is ballsy. I'll okay, I, okay. Down. I, I, I think. No, I, can, yeah, yeah. I think the, the issue is that you wouldn't want to take the two of them, and also I think having that rivalry there it would be again such an asset to the competition. Yeah, I think. Then, Arj, I think it's. I think. Well, not being a selfish point. Of view. Yeah. If you if you grown up if you grown up in Serbia, you'd say that the two Belgrade teams there. Yeah, there. but grown up in. They don't actually. Well, like, they don't yeah, actually yeah, have like, the same international I, fan. Issue. I think. In 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 no, all honesty, I think I think Celtic should be in there. I, it was a bit me. I was fishing in order to, to say that Rangers should be the one team in there. But I do think that it's we don't really have a case to say as as much as I as much as I see the value in having both Celtic and Rangers in there. I think at the moment we stand at 13, 13 teams um, minus Rangers. 
that gives us seven teams to find teams from Turkey, teams from Greece, teams from Eastern Europe, teams from Russia, and Italy. then and then teams from Italy. Um, yeah. and, I, and, and we haven't we haven't considered the likes of Anderlecht from Belgium um, or or any of that sort of thing. So I think for the moment, I think Celtic has to be there has to be a representative from Scotland. I think I think that's fair enough, um, just due to yeah. domestic success and to do with european clout and fan base and stadium and and the history of of celtic as as a brand um and the way in which it's re- really been reflected in english football which is so massive to european football but i don't think there's much uh, as in i think there is as much an argument to be had for having two french teams as there are for having two scottish teams and we've not uh, currently got one french team so i think we should probably stick with the one Scottish team for the meantime and then have a discussion if we get to 19 teams saying, should it be Lyon, Marseille or Rangers um, or Man City? Um, we should, I mean, it's a difficult question. It's, and it's, and, and, and sorry for, for stoking the fire because it isn't a, it's a, it's a provocative tub, a topic because it's, it's very difficult. Um, I think we're, on, we're as we're on 13, I think we should try and get to 17 and leave three spaces for Italy. Um, I think it's important that we have a Russian team. Um, I think we should yeah, have... I've got a Ukrainian team. I think, well, I mean, this is the, th- the question. I've gone for Zenit St. Petersburg as my Russian team. Is it Should Zenit be in there, or should there be Dynamo Kiev? I've got Dynamo. I don't think you can put Dynamo Kiev in. They have absolutely no fan base whatsoever. <laughs> I've put Shakhtar Donetsk down as my Ukrainian team. My problem with Shakhtar is they've been displaced from that app. They can't say because of a war. Yeah, no, I appreciate that, but I still think that's got a massive knock-on impact. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, uh, I had to pick up Stash Shakhtar, and I've gone for like Douglas Costa just ripping it up for Shakhtar. I mean, those were the days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were the days. Poor. But unfortunately, I, I think Zenit, I've put Zenit down and then I had in brackets maybe Shakhtar, but I think Zenit, of their history, they've won a Europa League and I think even geographically they team it. But arguably you don't have like Red Star or something. You could have like Red Star is a massive... Massive team. Yeah, and this is this is where I you know I started talking about this. I mean, going to going to Celtic Park is no easy feat. But if you look at the results that Red Star have had at home against some of the biggest clubs in Europe recently, it's the same thing. Like I think Red Star definitely have a place in this conversation. Um, it's I mean it's very very so Red Star are enormous. The way I've seen it, it, the way I've seen it is that we should have uh, an Eastern European team in the form of either a Russian or Ukrainian team, uh, and then a a southeast. A South, a South European team in the form of either, you know, uh, a Red Star Belgrade or a Dinamo Zagreb or an Olympiakos. That's those are the three teams in, in Southern Europe that I've that I feel I feel like it would be remiss of us not to talk about Olympiakos. Um, but I think that maybe a team like Red Star Belgrade or or Dinamo Zagreb get in ahead. Danny, can I just ask in what? So what's making you describe Red Star as a massive club? Is it the history? Yeah, so obviously they've had a fair few problems um, because of the Yugoslavia internal war that influenced them quite a lot. But I think in recent history, like in the all-time UEFA Cup yeah. performance, they've been, in the, they've been in a couple of finals, semi-finals, quarter-finals. 
Same with UEFA Cup, Winners' Cups. Um, and they, it was predominantly in the 50s, like the post-war Yugoslavia. They just dominated that league. And if you think about the old school, like Hungarian and Yugoslavia footballers, they were just absolutely phenomenal. So, I mean, I agree in recent history. And given the troubles in that region, it's difficult. But if you're looking at those sorts of countries, yeah. not many of them are exactly, you know, littered with recent history, particularly on a European stage. No, I mean, no, that, that that's true. Obviously, yeah, you're, if you wanted to go down the route of having Eastern European representation, which I think is really important, then they're obviously... One of the, the I'm just there I'm not saying I've got them in my league. I'm just saying. Martin, yeah. Archie, like, can I just ask you a question? Yeah, of course. In what, in what capacity should Marseille be in over Red Star Belgrade? I, I think the fan base does come into it, but I no, Matthew, I agree that there should be um there should be teams from all parts of the continent if you're going to make it a truly continental competition because otherwise you'd you'd probably be better off having. No, but, no, but not not, not geographically. Not geographically, I'm not talking about size of club and re- results in the last 30 years, results in the last 10 years. How are they a better, a bigger, a lesser club than Marseille? Because the average attendance is 10,000. Hibs get more than that. Red Star Belgrade? Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to fact check that now because I don't think that's true. Well, their stadium's 55,500. So their, their stadium is, is like... Right, two two thousand eighteen nineteen Red Star Belgrade average attendance thirteen and a half thousand. But what was it in the Champions League, which would be like this? Yeah, I, you say that, but at the same time, I think that's only because they have what three games a season. But if if you have, what would it be like, twenty six games? Does does the novelty wear off a bit? Sorry, I like to say just with regards to the attendance, that's arguably due to the war. That's, it's like it's kicking off in that region as opposed to like the actual fans. I think the fans are there, the fan base is there. The problem is the politics as opposed to the passion. Yeah. Just as like a, I, I agree that, that again that arguably should be taken into consideration. You might not want a bunch of European teams going to a war zone um, which is potentially you know a mark against a Red Star Belgrade. But I think looking at their attendance is not a fair reflection of their fan base. Yeah, I, I, I agree why? as well. Insofar as, Wait, you know... Why, a, a, why, do you, why do you think it's fair? Well, I mean, stadia and various different why, why, political why? and social situations um, define define whether people can actually go to grounds, but that doesn't necessarily translate into actual support. Like, for example, like a good example is us being abroad. Just because we aren't able to go to our respective clubs week in, week out does not mean we're like... The club is diminished in any way. So whilst... And, and I'm not suggesting for in any no, way that... Yeah, but it, it's still factually misleading because the average attendance that take around is like 80... The average attendance is 5,000. It's around 5,000. The average attendance is non-existent. Okay, but, but look, 85, 86, this is pre-war. It was still under 20,000. So it's not as if... From, I, and I'm not saying that, and I think it is the, the size of the club and the, the atmosphere that you get that just it's more excitement, um, and, and that's why. But there's, there's no doubt that if you're going to have uh, a representative from Eastern Europe, then of course they would be one of the best teams. 
and I think facts are misleading, such as the 5,000 attendance. Yeah. 10,000 attendance average is not a reflection of the size of the club and the fan base that it's got. Admittedly, not a worldwide fan base, but a, a pretty immense fan base. Yeah, I mean... That, I mean that's, the, that's the other thing. That's the other thing. Celtic and Rangers at least do have a worldwide fan base. Five thousand, I wouldn't have Rangers over Marseille or Lyon. Or arguably Leipzig or Manchester oh. City. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Paul, Paul Le Guin left uh, Lyon for, for Rangers, as Mathieu will remember. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, so, are we going for... Um, do you think we should go for a Red Star Belgrade? Or, I mean, in in short, so, I mean, has anyone... We've said Shakhtar Dinyatsk, we've said Din, I've said Dynamo Kiev. Has anyone got a different Russian team? And we'll pick one team from those four. Um there's an argument to have for like Seska Moscow maybe, but but if of of Senate St. Petersburg, Dynamo Kiev, Shakhtar Donetsk. Oh, Arch. Sorry, what would you say there, Arch? I, I think out of them, uh, possibly Zenit is. Oh, actually, no, maybe out of those clubs, I'd, I'd have Shakhtar. Where they are not, they're able to play their games at home. I have a bit of an issue. Taking Shakhtar over Red Star, anyway, as a criteria, but I think I don't, I'm, I'm struggling. To no, but I think I, I, I think Red I think Red Star are in a different uh, are in a different argument. I think Red Star come in the, in the Southern Europe argument. I think we we should have. I think we should have an Eastern European team, i.e., a Russian slash Ukrainian team, and then oh, okay. we and then. So Shakhtar's like with Dynamo yeah. For me, for me in case, for me in that case, I take I take Zenit there just because. Yeah. Because of, I mean, they do have they do have a, a successful um, European history in the sense that they've won a recent Europa League and yeah. their stadium is is unbelievable and they have very strong finances and, and they're a, they're the only club in Saint Petersburg so they're they're a huge club. Yeah. Yeah. I think Zenit's a good shout. Personally, um, I think Shakhtar. Uh, so we have Zenit and Petersburg. If you follow, if you follow those. Well, I was gonna say I was gonna say we should probably have two, we should probably have two Turkish teams because I see there being virtue in having Fenerbahce and Galatasaray. I don't. Do you think you can have two Turkish teams when you've only got one French team? I think it's the same. It's the same. Thing. Thing. Just because you like. Because it's not like they've, they've glittered in European history. Mm. So I think you take one and you take the biggest one. Like we took Celtic because we think in recent history, which is, I think the, the bit recent history is what we're going for for Celtic, just being bigger, other than the fact that they're better. Yeah. I'd have to do some research to choose whether which Turkish team to take, but I don't agree with taking two. No, Fernabachi in all time is a more successful team. But Galatasaray have been more obsessed in Europe recently. Yeah, in recent history, yeah. But that was the 90s. In the 90s, Galatasaray absolutely just crunched them. But obviously, but obviously in 2008, Fenerbahce got the got to the Champions League quarterfinal, which is not uh, dreadful. And Galatasaray are the only Turkish club to ever win a UEFA Cup, and they won that in 2000. Yeah. So that I think that's probably fair criteria to say Galatasaray are in. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we've we've now got. 18, 19, 20. We've got five spaces left, and we need to pick one. Of, well, we need to pick 
perhaps three Italians, and then I feel like we then have space for an Olympiacos, a Dinamo Zagreb, or a or a Red Star Belgrade, um, and then and then probably a French team, a French or a Belgian team. Really, really I I have I mean for my final spot, I'm looking at PSV um, because we we've talked about the rivalry aspect before. Obviously, they they do ha- have a a rivalry with Ajax. They've also got the the European pedigree, having won the European Cup, um, as well as the UEFA Cup. Obviously, twenty four um, times champions of the the Netherlands as well, and regular um, participants in in the Champions League in recent years. So, I think potentially they have a stronger case than the likes of Olympiacos. Um, but, but we're talking in terms of geography. Because the pedigree, just because of the fan base, they're not just hitting all of Europe, no. Yeah, I guess. I think. I think if we if we're thinking about PSV, I think my equivalent to PSV would be to take Anderlecht. Anderlecht, just, yeah. Just in terms well, I think of. I take PSV over Anderlecht. Well, I, I, as in Anderlecht, thirty-four time uh, Belgian first division winners. They've won nine Belgian cups, thirteen Belgian super cups, three league cups. Um, they've won the UEFA Cup once. They've won the Cup Winners Cup twice. The UEFA Super Cup twice. Um, so like that's by far the biggest um the biggest belgian team and in the all-time standings of the top 200 european clubs of the 20th century they were they were selected as 10th based on based on a points criteria uh, and that's ahead of united ahead of you know atletico madrid ahead of you know celtic well, you know how, how much you can trust that well but as an the same thing and it was based on how many games you played how many po- how many games you've won how many goals you've scored? How many goals you conceded? So it's yeah, but that's that's more indicative of the the quality or lack of quality of your own domestic league. Uh, no, 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 no. This is in no, no. But this, but that also takes into fact your performances in Europe. Yeah. Yeah, but how? I mean, how successful have Anderlecht been in Europe? They've they've been more successful than PS in PSV. PSV have won one UEFA Cup and one um, one uh, super, uh, super Cup, and Anderlecht have won um, one Super Cup. Uh, no, PSV one. Won the Cup. Yeah, PSV won a European Cup, but um, so have so have uh, um, so have Anderlecht three years later, and then they were runners up the next year, and then they got they won t- two Cup Winners Cups and two Super Cups, whereas as PSV have only won one Super Cup. Um, I think. I think there's more merit as well taking a team from Belgium as opposed to a team yeah. from Holland. Yeah, I, I, that for and me, Anderlecht is my. Buy two teams from Holland and not two from France. Yeah. Um, that again, that again. I think if we, if we have two from Portugal, we have to have two from France in an unbiased yeah. way. So then so, again, so I'm just thinking, like we, sh- I think we should, I think we should do the three Italian teams, then okay. choose between Marseille and Lyon, and then choose the final team. Okay. So okay, in which case? Because there's no way you can justify a PSV or an Anderlecht over yeah. like a Marseille or Lyon. Okay, yeah. Anderlecht have never won the European Cup. No, they've they've uh, as as in the UEFA Cup, they won the UEFA Cup. Yeah, yeah. In 1982. I don't know what the said. I meant the, I meant the UEFA Cup. Sorry. Um, yeah, PSV won the. Oh fair. So that's. Should yeah. we do Italy? Let's let's do it. Let's do Italy. I think Italy is probably about. It's about time. Um, so I mean, we'll find out. out. I think I think I feel like Archie might have a sneaky um, 
suspicion. I have a sneaky suspicion that Archie might have something up his sleeve for an Italian team, given his love for um, Roma, Roma clubs, Rome clubs. Um, I have got. I think geography does play a part to a degree in 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 Italy, but you cannot look past having Juve, Inter, and AC in there. Yeah, question. I I mean AC Milan. One of the biggest clubs in the history of football. But we spoke about... We, and I, I mean, I've got an issue with AC Milan because we spoke about financial fair play with Man City. Mm. I mean, we've spoken about um, the recent form. Obviously, I think they've got to be in there. But I've got I've got AC Milan's latest performance in the Serie A since 2013. Eighth, um, seventh, sixth, sixth, fifth. Um, they've, they've gone out in the group to Europa League. They've been breaking financial fair play in the last five years. AC Milan are a team that, I mean, uh, when you look forward, I struggle to count with. Although when you look backwards, you right. can't. The the their history is just too big to ignore. You can't yeah. have yeah, no, that. I, agree. I, think, I, think, I, I do agree. Worth, I think on merit, it was worth possibly not. Yeah. But just, yeah. No, no, Magic, I think, I think that's such a valid point. I think it's a very good point, Magic, I just think it's... I think, I think they, they should be in there. I agree. I think, but yeah, I it's so hard with AC and it's a similar, it's like an exacerbated version of Manchester United in that United have been so poor for the past five, six seasons um, and as an AC have been even yeah. worse. But um, if you think about, even the even in our, our childhoods, that team of like Dida, Nesta, Maldini, you know, you had Pato when no, he was I, coming Kaka. through in the, and Kaka. I think, I think Manchester is, is a good point to make, Gabe. I think, and, I, and I've got AC Milan down. I think yeah. it's worth mentioning because they have. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, and 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 and then you have Juventus and I think that that would be the three. I mean, it's there's an argument to be had yeah. to for maybe a Roma or or, or a or a Lazio, no, I, but I don't think they, that it's don't think it's strong enough. Yeah, I agree with you. I think those but, three just trump it. Yeah, there, there, I mean, there is there is potentially um, an argument for uh, yeah having a more geographical split and having a representation in in Rome, but I think the the history books you can't really dispute them. Um, and yeah, Inter and, and East Milan are just so much. More successful, historically speaking, than, than Roma and Lazio. Yeah. So how many does that leave? We're we on eighteen. So we are on at the moment. We're on eighteen, which is um, so from Spain we have Barca, Real, Atletico. From Italy we have AC, Juve, Inter. Um, from Germany two we have Bayern, Dortmund. We have PSG. We have three from uh, England: Liverpool, United, and Chelsea. Takes us. Uh, there's Ajax. Then there's Benfica. There's Porto. There's Celtic. And then um, our numbers 17 and 18 are Zenit, St. Petersburg, and Galatasaray, which leaves us with 19 and 20. Um, and can, I, can I bring a name into the equation that we haven't discussed? Yes. And, and this, this isn't one that I've um, actually selected myself, but it, it's just a name that's suddenly come to me now. Um, and I think it's at least worth... It's at least worth... Um, I mentioned, and that's severe. It's severe. They've won five European trophies uh, this century, which is quite a remarkable achievement. Obviously, uh, they're a massive club. I I haven't put them down, yeah, uh, because obviously they haven't 
fantastic success um, to to kind of uh, back up their claim. But I think it's it's only one. It's a, a big shout. thing. But I just think if you look, they win the Europa League, they then get put in the Champions League, get dumped out of the Champions League, and then win the Europa League again. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's, it's easier to a certain extent. I know you can say, well, Celtic are going to get absolutely smashed in this league, but I think to suggest there are going to be four teams in Spain is harsh. Yeah, I think I think four teams in Spain is harsh, and I think if we have, if you are, there's an argument for Sevilla. There's a greater argument for perhaps someone like Valencia in terms of six times La Liga winners. Eight times Copa del Rey winners, two times they've won the Champions League, one Europa, uh, one UEFA, uh, UEFA Cup, one uh, European Cup winners cup, uh, and a, and then a host of other Super Cups, and Intertotos. Yeah, so so Valencia is 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 probably uh, I would say is just behind a, a second I, I French team. Case, at least one of the competitions will be won by a Spanish side. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think we should have four Spanish. I think four four is maybe too much. I think also with nineteen and twenty, like with 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 two teams left, I think it's worth us saying we need another French team in there, and then we need a Southern European representative. Um, and can, can I? We, we started very early on with France, so we hadn't really established our criteria. Mm. Um, and you know, and then we went on to, to other things and talked about things more. And just, I'm getting quite twitchy because we're on 18 and Leon aren't on this list. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I mean, we talked about the academy importance. The second biggest academy in Europe in terms of numbers of footballers who are now professional who've come from our academy. Big, big names all over Europe in the last 20 years. You've got SCN, you've got Benzema, Lacazette, Tolisso, Umtiti, Uris. I can't think of all of them on my hand. Like, literally, you could make an 11 with Leon that would be unstoppable. Um, and then you've got uh, a state-of-the-art stadium, a higher average attendance than Marseille over the last 10 years, despite Marseille having 12,000 seats more. I don't think that's true. <laughs> it is true. Marseille... <laughs> You know, you have this rose-tinted bathroom of Marseille. Marseille, in their last Europa League campaign, had one group game where they brought 5,000 fans to the game in a 72,000 seat. Yes, when they have a big game against PSG, it is packed out and it is magnificent. Like, Marseille are just no longer the club they were 10 years ago. And they've, they've had a big buy and they've tried to turn that round. And despite that, they're now under financial fair play problem. Their salary um, input is huge. And they're just, they're just not... I mean, they're just not that great right now. I would say you have convincing matches to leave. Yeah. Okay, if you base it, if you base it solely on, on this season, Marseille is still second in the league, and, and you have talked at great length um, over the course of, of the season about just how poor the quality is in the French league this year. And despite yeah, that, but despite that, Le- despite that, Lyon are in the last Leon team and beat Juventus. Um, and it's, but, you, but you, you've also been pretty horrific in yeah, the league. We have been horrific in the league, and we've had the worst season in my memory as a Lyon yeah. fan. And yet, we're still in the Champions League. We're in the final of the League Cup against PSG. And if the season ends today, we're in the Europa League. Marseille. It's a bit like the season when Chelsea won the Champions League, isn't it? They had a torrid time domestically, but if Lyon. Marseille first one in recent memory is about three years ago where they ended about four points ahead of relegation zone. And Leon are having the worst one in my 21 years on this earth. Yeah. And 
No, like, I mean, I think what, what, what I'm trying to say is I think both sides have good cases. It, it's hard to say that one case is significantly stronger than the other. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think in part because we have, you know, we've had such an impassioned defense of Leon on, on pub talk and also because... Um, you know, it's a subjective thing, and we can we can allow for a bit of wriggle room. I, wriggle room. I think, I think I'm gonna. I think we should put our 19th team uh, team down as Leon. I feel like Marseille have a very 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 strong shout, but I but I think I don't see. I think I think it's a fair enough an argument to be, to be had for Leon to be in there. Um, we need a second French team, and it's gonna be con. It's gonna be. It's too tough to call. It's too tight. Um, our 20th team then. Um, now we can go either um, Southern Europe, we can go to an Anderlecht or a PSV, we could even go to a Scandinavian team. We haven't got a Scandinavian representative and maybe maybe choose someone like FC Copenhagen. Um, Malmo. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> um, uh, it's it's up to you guys really. I, th- I think for me, I've kind of been swung by the... the, the, the Uh, I mean, I've been swung by the Anderlecht argument, which, uh, admittedly, I made myself. Sorry, you cut up for me, though. Sorry. Um, I, d- I don't know what... Yeah. I don't know how, how you no, guys I, feel. I think Anderlecht is definitely a better case as our nose team. Yeah. I think Anderlecht's over PSV, for sure. Yeah, and I don't necessarily see the merit of chucking in, uh, like, a Panathinaikos for the sake of having a Greek team in there. Yeah, so I guess I we have a Gal- we have Galatasaray as in like, like a historically at least in history. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I would have Anderlecht as the next team. I think because they're also a massive team. Yeah, like, I mean, they might so... have had such recent success, but they are an enormous, enormous club. They're, they're mm. a big team, but they're about half the size of PSV. Yeah. Um... yeah. But they're not as good as PSV, as we discussed about yeah. ten minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, you're right. They're, they're not as good as PSV. Right, I think considering we have three votes for Anderlecht, we're going to have to, we'll, we'll stick it at that. And we are never going to agree on this. Um, uh, it's been a fiery one. Um, so if I read through the teams, it's Barca, Real, Atletico, Bayern, Dortmund, PSG, Lyon, Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, Ajax, um, Anderlecht, Benfica, Porto, Celtic, Zenit and Galatasaray. And our three Italian teams, AC, Milan, Juve and Inter. Um Wow, well that's that's a that's a cracker. Um, uh, it's been tough, and to be fair, there I are. Think we can conclude. We can conclude that we just hope this is never going to happen. Yeah, I mean that's that fundamentally doing the doing the exercise shows that it's just stupid. It's just such a bad idea in so many ways. Um, it because it's so difficult to pick a twenty teams, and and you know, and you could say, oh, we can have promotion and relegation, but you know, I mean, that doesn't really discredit the fact that who are you going to put in your initial twenty and. You know who's going to be in the in the bottom in the in the championship equivalent of the twenty because you know there'll be a, a host of teams like that will feel you know that they that they deserve to be in it and you might see you know a Spurs not be in the second tier and be like well I don't know um this yeah it's, and, what happens, and what happens to those teams like what happens to those other teams Do yeah the best exactly. leagues continue but without those teams that are in the Super League I mean, it just is an awful idea yeah no I I, I totally agree um. Archie, Dunny, um, and Mathieu, thank you so much. Good stuff, fellas. Thank you. It's been a, it's been a cracker. Um, it's a, <laughs> and it's definitely going to be one that um, I'll have fun editing. Um, 
Thank you very much for well, tuning yeah, in. Yeah, genuine point there. You know, Andy Lecter never got out of the Champions League group. <laughs> oh, my God, Arch. Like a dog with a bone. <laughs> I know, honestly, man. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio Podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.